This is the Parenting for Faith podcast from the Bible Reading Fellowship. Visit parentingforfaith.org for free online videos and resources and an eight-session course all about Parenting for Faith. You can also sign up for news, subscribe to this podcast, and find out about events and training in your area. Welcome to the Parenting for Faith podcast. My name is not Rachel Turner. She's off having a well-deserved break visiting her parents in the States. Uh, My name's Anna Hawkin, and I am one of her trusty sidekicks. I'm part of the Parenting for Faith team. In our first section today, we're going to steal a bit from one of our Facebook Live sessions for parents and carers. We run these every month on the 10th Monday of the month, so whichever one falls between the 13th and the 19th, and they're called Bedtime Drinks. And in this particular one, we were talking about beauty and manliness. How do we help our kids live in a world that says the most important thing about them is their outside, the way that they look? If you'd like to access any more of those, if you go to our Parenting for Faith Facebook page and click on the video section, you'll get the full unedited versions of all our previous Parent and Carer webinars. They're about 20, 25 minutes long, and you can click on under fives, five to 11s, or um, 11 plus, which is our preteen and teenager strand. So you know you're going to get some really age-specific input. Also, for you social media lovers, we are finally on Instagram. So you can follow us at Parenting for Faith BRF. We'd love to see you there. For our question and answer section today, we're going to hear Rachel's response to a question she was asked about grandparents. Should they ask permission from their children before talking to their grandchildren about God? We'll hear Rachel's answer to that in a moment. And in our wildcard section, I interview Chad Chadwick, who works for Peterborough Diocese. He's going to share a little bit about what he does, and he has some encouragement for us as parents. Stay tuned for that to discover whether you're a taxi driver or a tour guide and whether your spiritual parenting style is more like Bear Grylls or Mr Tumble. But first, let's hear about beauty and manliness. This question of beauty and manliness actually is is quite a big uh, question because it isn't just about one aspect of their bodies. Uh, In our modern society, beauty and manliness can become something so much bigger because it feels almost like the, sorry, it feels almost like the key to everything else. If people find you beautiful, then they feel this way about you. If people find you um, handsome and strong and the proper kind of boy, then you get access to friends and all these other things. and so this outward appearance thing be, can be grown into this huge question and problem. And um, a lot of what we're going to talk about today is in this book, um, Parenting Children for Life of Faith. Um, it's actually from the book Parenting Children for Life of Confidence, but we've squished all three books into this one book. I know it's backwards, uh, but it looks like this. Two children riding bikes. Uh, and uh, and so now it's the omnibus edition. Uh, but if you're buying it individually, it's the book about confidence. But now it's all been squished into this, which is really helpful. Um, Under Five's life is about establishing reality. The first five years of our kids' lives is basically laying the foundation stones of what is true and how they see the world and how they interact with the world. And so therefore, if our children are going to be interacting for a lifetime with a world that says how you look is really important, then we need to be thinking about this stuff right now. Uh, And this to me is a spiritual issue because God has designed us to live life to the full. And he has called us to so many things. And this issue of how we look and how we feel about how we look can become such a hurdle to people 
living out their calling and their purpose. And so as we begin to establish for our children what is truth about what they look like on the inside and what they look like on the outside, this becomes a, a, a really powerful spiritual tool. The world wants everyone to feel beautiful. You know, that sort of concept of, you know, do your hair, slap on some makeup, um, go to the gym, you know, work out, get those muscles so that, so that you can feel confident in how you look. But we see in scripture a totally different narrative of what the, the importance of beauty. If we want our kids to feel um, confident, the answer isn't to try to make them feel beautiful. That's the world's assumptions of what makes children feel confident. But um, God doesn't say in Scripture, I can't find anything in Scripture, and you may disagree with me. Please feel free to jump in. Uh, but I can't see in Scripture anything that God says, feel really, really confident in how you look and approve of yourself and think of yourself as beautiful because that's the way to the, work, the life that I have for you. I see God's value of beauty as something um, much, much smaller. If you look at uh, 1 Samuel 16, 7, uh, this is when God's talking to Samuel about choosing a king. And he says, do not, God's saying to Samuel, don't consider at all his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. God doesn't say, look at your outward appearance and be really, really, really impressed with yourselves, or look at your outward appearance and make it better. He says, don't even consider it. It's all about the heart. It's all about what's going on on the inside. And so as, as parents of under fives, we get to establish the essence for our kids of what people look at and what is important and what is important for them. And so I just wanted to give you a few tools of how to make, um, how to help our kids see beauty in the way that God sees beauty and manliness rather than in the way the world does. Uh, and so the first thing I would suggest is becoming really aware of what we draw their attention to. Parenting with under fives is spending a lot of time pointing at things. <laughs> I don't know. Do you know what I mean? So you spend a lot of time going, look, there's the postman coming up. Look what he does. He puts the things in the post box. Uh, or you're uh, sitting around watching TV going, oh, that was very nice of, of daddy pig. You spend ages just making comments about what you see, making comments about what's going on. You are drawing our children's attention to the world and framing it for them and saying, this is what you're looking at. This is what you're looking at. This is what you're looking at. And so easily we can slip into framing for our children the importance of beauty, even when we don't mean to it. So one of the things that is, is really um, common is that uh, we draw their attention to how people look a lot. Whether it's them coming down in the morning, they're three years old and they look all dressed up and nice and you go, oh, don't you look beautiful? It's one of the most common comments that people make about um, little girl children. Uh, they're like, oh, you look beautiful today. Oh, you're so beautiful. Uh, and sometimes with little boys, oh, you look so strong. You look so manly. That, that one of the first things that people notice and draw their attention to about them 
is their outward appearance. Um, often when we're watching other people come through, it's one of the things that they hear us comment on and praise other people about. Um, oh, she doesn't she, she look lovely today? Didn't she look beautiful today? Oh, he looked so smart. And if we are surrounding our children with hearing us make comments and judgments about other people and about them, purely based on what they look on the outside, we are building within them an awareness of the outside being more important than the inside or the outside being a significant factor and how people people think about them and perceive them. This is down to um, looking at even things on media when we're sitting and watching you know, Disney films nonstop. Uh, we're watching Disney films and oh, what a beautiful dress. And oh, she transforms from someone who's dirty into someone who looks stunningly beautiful. And now people care about her. And so we comment on how beautiful those dresses are and how valuable those things are. And the more we draw attention to the outward appearance, the more they, our children begin to look at themselves in the mirror and think, what do I look like? Do I like what I look like? Is this okay? Is this going to get me all the things that I want? And we begin to draw their attention to that. But actually, we don't want our under fives to be busy thinking about what they look like. We don't want to train them to look at us and see how we begin to talk about ourselves. Our kids are around us so much. I was at the... Um, at the shop trying on jeans and there was I, my heart just broke because uh, I was you know everyone needs to go get jeans so I was trying on jeans and I heard a bunch of parents of under fives all in their own little cubicles and they were saying such things about themselves they were saying things like um, they'd try on the jeans and then you would hear this coming like ugh, I look so fat in these come out look how huge my butt looks in this and they were making all of these comments and I'm watching this little row of little people little four-year-olds and three-year-olds and two-year-olds all watching their parent learn that when you get in clothes you look at yourself and you judge yourself based on 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 all the negative things that you don't like about your body. And then I heard one person try on the jeans and she had little people too. And she tried on the jeans and she was like, ooh, these are very comfortable. Look how fast I can run in these. And she had this whole narrative that had nothing to do with how she looked like, but it was how she felt in it and how she felt strong in these. Oh, there's plenty of room to crawl on the floor in this. And uh, and I heard her little people chirping away and going, do you, do you feel like you could climb a mountain in those? And she'd be like, oh no, they're too tight for that. I can't lift my leg really high. I can't do that. I need clothes that will help me do all the things that I want to do. And she had a whole different narrative of what she was drawing attention to. And it was training these kids. And I was watching the difference between the children who had a parent who was saying, look at me and judge me. And I, don't, I judge myself and I don't like how I look. To the parent who was saying, clothes are just something that facilitate how all the exciting things I want to do in my life. And I was watching how their children were looking at themselves in the mirror. And the kids who had a parent who was not drawing attention to their own appearance, had kids who were laughing and talking and relaxing and not really looking in the mirrors. The other three children who had a parent who was drawing attention to themselves spent the whole time looking at themselves in the mirror and looking and adjusting their hair. And it was just a stark contrast of, of what we draw our children's attention to is what they learn to pay attention. And so what are we drawing attention to? If it's people's looks and people's outwards appearance, maybe we need to switch and begin to pay attention to something else. And so the first question is, what are we drawing our kids' attention to? And beginning to train ourselves, I find, it takes a, a shift. What are we, a shift in what we want to draw our kids' attention to? And the second thing is, what are we praising? We love 
encouraging our kids and we want to encourage our kids and because we see a world who says beauty is important we want to encourage our children that they look great and they should feel confident in how they look so we try to praise their outward appearance you look beautiful you look smart you look great oh look how strong those muscles are show them to me wow you have huge muscles that i admire and we begin to uh, praise what we think will be important to them, which is how they look. And actually, what if we began to praise what we want to see grow in them? Because I'm pretty sure that the core of us, the most important thing we want our children to know about themselves is not that they have nice eyes. We want them to know that they are kind, gracious, powerful, good problem solvers, so full of patience and wonderfulness. What if we begin to praise and draw attention to in them all the stuff that is actually really, really important? Uh, I I just began to make a list in the book about all the things that we could praise our children about. Uh, and because um, these are the traits that we actually want to see in our children. These are the things that um, that we want to grow in them. Rather than we want them to know how beautiful they are, we actually want them to feel so confident and knowledgeable that they um, have a love of learning. What if we said, oh, I love how you learn. Um, the ability to see opportunity and failure and bounce back. Good getting up again. I love how you fell down and you could have given up, but you didn't. Um, curiosity, compassion, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, mercy, grace, humility, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, courage. Oh, where our kids can be so courageous. What if we said, oh, that was such a courageous jump down those stairs. Sacrifice, generosity, um, good teamwork. Oh, kids can be great teamwork. And you can say, oh, that was so powerful. I needed a team. And you came around me. Wisdom, boldness, bravery, justice, perseverance, problem solving, good friendship. You know, when they really sacrifice and they're good friends, honesty. Our, our kids, what if we spent our time praising and encouraging all of those traits in themselves? Because that is what God sees. That is what he looks for. That is what the heart of what he is growing in. And if man looks on the outside, but God looks at the heart, and we want our children to be rock solid in who they are being made to be, and who they are growing to be, and how God values people and how he has made people to be valued, then praising what he is growing in them and praising the intangibles of their heart is so much more confident building than saying, I like how you look. Because I like how you look is my judgment of your outside. But I see such beautiful bits of God and beautiful bits of the uniqueness of who you are and who you are being grown into and who you're being shaped into and I'm just I'm just in awe of all of you and I love it and that is so much more confidence building than just a comment and a judgment about their outside should you ask permission from your adult children to talk about God with their children your grandchildren excellent question um, what, what I have found useful when helping grandparents is there's this very difficult thing, which isn't just around faith. So um, 
when, when it's your kids, it's everything from do you give them sweets to organic food to, uh, to how you put them to bed. It's, it's not just a faith issue. So some of that is saying what are, the, what are the permissions that go around the other things that are in that relationship and sort of see what are my permissions in general. Um, so there are some, you know, some grandparents are allowed to discipline, some grandparents aren't allowed to discipline. So sort of seeing, seeing where the boundaries are and sort of assuming that the spiritual boundary is going to track with that. Um, I find um, what we've found grandparents do is, is the creating windows into my life is a really useful tool because often what um, children, our children, particularly if they're in a different place with their faith than we would like them to be, their main issue is control and don't control my kid, don't force my kid to do something. And so for instance, praying around the table, let's all hold hands and let's pray, can sometimes be the boundary that is crossing because you're forcing my kid to do something that I don't consent to, where you could just say, we like to pray before you know, we go, and so I'm just gonna chat to God right now. God, I thank you, blah, 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 blah. So you're not saying you need to close your eyes and you need to conform to what we're doing. We're saying, I'm just gonna take a moment with God to do that. And so sometimes we find that boundary helpful, but also tracking your behavior around your children with the same behavior that is around the grandchildren so that they begin to become comfortable that you will not do anything behind their back that you wouldn't do in front of their face. And I find that there's that building trust we find of how I talk about God now is how I will continue to talk about God with your kid. Um, but also, um, so therefore that's all right. And therefore the conversation can be, you know, God's a part of my life, but I really wanna respect you know, your journey with your kid. Um, and so if I'm doing anything that makes you feel uncomfortable, let me know. Just means that even though we're like, I want to take every opportunity to pour scripture, God, and wonderfulness into, my, into the child. What you're telling the children is, I want you in my life, and I want us to have relationship and connection, and this is who I am, and I vibrate God because I love him so much. Um, but I also want you in my life, and so I want to know how to do that in a way that makes you feel comfortable. Having those kind of conversations builds a kind of trust between people. But it also means that you can say, I'm just going to be me, and part of me is loving God. And so um, I will talk about it in my life, but if you don't want me to do anything else, then that's absolutely okay. And showing that, showing that you will be the fullness of you while also uh, loving and trusting them because you want them in their life, I find builds that trust that then allows grace to flow through it more. Um, also, uh, then you can do the strategic having books around your house that you like, and there's all sorts of stuff, and that doesn't stop you from praying. Interceding over those kids like there's no tomorrow, and building trust, and you can say, I pray for you all the time, I know you don't believe in God, that's totally okay, but I pray for you all the time, and if there's ever anything you want me to pray about, let me know. And all of that stuff, of them seeing into your life and saying, this is my thing, and I'm happy to. I know a lot of children who have grandchildren, who know that grandma and grandpa are praying for them. And even though they're not sure about God yet, they will regularly send prayer requests because they know that you can't stop grandma and grandpa from praying for you. So you might as well give them something to pray about. And, and all of that stuff um, sort of can feed in. Um, so you be you, don't, I, I find it can feel so like you need to squish the important parts of you. And I think being able to say, I'm gonna be the fullness of me, but I also want you to be the fullness of you. And I respect that gives a sort of middle ground where we can, talk. Welcome to the wildcard section of the Parenting for Faith podcast. My name's Anna Hawkin and I'm part of the Parenting for Faith team. And today I would love to introduce you to Chad. Chad works for the Diocese of Peterborough 
and I've been really encouraged by the different things that they're doing to encourage their churches and the parents and children's and youth and family workers within them to engage with this stuff. So let's hand over to Chad. Hi, my name's Chad. I work as a children and youth missioner for the Gen 2 team, part of Peterborough Diocese in the Church of England. I work alongside churches in all aspects of children's and youth ministry and anything really from age naught up to 30. So it's a really wide brief. But within that brief, I have a real passion for helping churches to think about spiritual development in the family home and particularly helping parents to feel confident and able to disciple their children themselves rather than rely on the church to do it for them. See, it strikes me that for many decades there's been a trend for parents to think that the best place for their children to learn about the Christian faith is the church and that usually means a Sunday morning or a children's or youth group of some sort. And therefore a key task for many children's and youth leaders has been to organise fun events and activities that help children to engage, stick with the church and grow in faith. And so many of these activities and events are brilliant and beautiful and can be really effective. But the problem is the parents' main role in this is that of taxi driver rather than tour guide, as parents tend to take their children to Christian events rather than journey in the Christian faith alongside them. In some of our churches, our children's and youth workers have even become a bit like Butlin's redcoats, available to take children off their parents' hands and keep them entertained so that parents can do adult faith activities, sometimes seen as the real stuff. But when Jesus said, let the little children come to me, he was saying, this is the real stuff. These are the guys that know how to laugh and cry and dance and pray and play and learn and listen and create So just as children need adults, adults really need children for their own faith development. There are a couple of things that really stood out to me from what Chad said there. Firstly, that image of being the tour guide rather than the taxi driver. I like it. It's something I can get my head around. Because as a parent, so often we are the taxi driver, aren't we? We take them to other people who are experts. We spend so long driving around or on the bus or walking, taking them to swimming or to school or whatever it is where someone who knows more is teaching them. And it's really tempting to treat church like that as well. But if we can think of ourselves in that tour guide role, pointing things out as we go along, uh, things in our own life, in other people's lives, in the Bible, and saying, hey, this is what's happening here. It's interesting, and I'd love you to know what's going on. And then secondly, I really love what he said about us needing to learn from children as much as they do from us. So that's going to be part of my challenge this week, to spot what God's teaching me through my children. Let's hear a little bit more from Chad. In my opinion, our children and youth workers should be treated more like bushcraft survival instructors than Butlin's redcoats. So think Bear Grylls rather than Mr Tumble. It's a little bit unfair, but you kind of get the point. Bushcraft survival instructors there to encourage families to explore the faith adventure together and help them to remember long-forgotten natural skills. With the Gen 2 team have started to support churches in inviting parents to gather around the table for food and drink and simply discuss the joys and struggles of raising children in the Christian faith together. Um, We've tried to create a really honest and positive conversation around the table, one that uh, is accepting, no judgment, a tone of realism, but without kind of wallowing, of inspiration, but not boastfulness. And within that, the Parenting for Faith resources have been absolutely invaluable. And we now have several churches doing Parenting for Faith courses. 
and discussing on WhatsApp the joys and struggles of raising children in the Christian faith. And it's that support between parents that we think has been really crucial. As the parents sit together and reflect on really challenging themes, you can almost sense this kind of united determination to gather their own family around the kitchen table to eat and talk and grow in faith. And however hard this is in a fragmented and frenetic Western culture, it's so worth fighting for because it's a really beautiful and profound way of swimming upstream against this sometimes toxic cultural flow. And this is so difficult to do on your own as a family, but becomes much more possible when families join together and support one another. In a recent survey, it's interesting to see that while 65% of parents pray for their children and 64% think that God is a part of their family, only 14% talk to other parents about nurturing their children's faith. So as a Gen 2 team, and we know Parenting for Faith feel the same too, we really want to gather parents around for an honest and positive conversation, an atmosphere of mutual learning because no one is an expert in parenting and discipleship. And we need to start to relocate the spiritual development of our children back to the family home. And in this way, together, we can swim upstream against the cultural flow and gradually create home environments where our children can flourish in the Christian faith. So I thought that was really interesting and that through all the different churches that they work with, and I think there are about 360 different churches in Peterborough Diocese, so lots of different contexts and situations, that something that the Gen 2 team have found is really helpful is this uh, enabling conversation, enabling discussion. So I wonder what that looks like for us, for you and for me. Are there people in your life who you could be bold and be brave and start having more faith conversations with? Maybe there are people you already do that with. Could it be online? Could it be a Facebook group? Could it be a WhatsApp group where you share prayer requests and ideas and support? Could you invite another family over for dinner um, or lunch or just play in the garden, meet up at a park? What would be manageable for you to start chatting about this with other families? And I also really loved um, the way that Chad shared that they were trying to create an atmosphere where there was no judgment, no one was an expert, Uh, realism without wallowing and inspiration without boasting how can we be honest and share in a way that really helps and encourages other people and the question to ask your kid to have an interesting conversation could jesus have been dyslexic have an interesting conversation Thank you for downloading the Parenting for Faith podcast. A new episode will be released next week. And why not look at parentingforfaith.org to watch the free eight-session course, to get in touch, or to find out about training and events near you.